as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're listening to this, when you're listening to it. Um, yeah, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is. Uh... This is The Schmidt Show. I am, in fact, your host, Brad Schmidt. Thank you for joining me this morning, this afternoon, like I say, wherever it is that you're listening to it, because, of course, this is a podcast, and while we do it live, we do broadcast it live, we stream it live, um, it's also, of course, available on demand 24-7 from podcast.theschmidtshow.com. So there's all kinds of ways for you to join the conversation and be a part of this whole uh, situation and and be a part of what we do here on the Schmidt Show podcast. The number is 866-766-1776 if you want to jump in and, and give me a call, share your thoughts, share your views on any of it. There's all kinds of ways to, of course, get a hold of us. Freeno chat room is hashtag Schmidtheads, um, Facebook, Twitter, um, all of them, pretty much all of them anyway, on the Schmidt Show and all you got to do is just uh, search up the Schmidt Show or Schmidt Heads or something, and you'll find it. Uh, you'll see most of the uh, the profile picture stuff is just a picture of me um, looking very professional in a headshot that was taken by a professional photographer somewhat on accident, but that's a, that's a story for another time. So anyway, um, we've got a lot to get to today, and i got to drop the call and restart my... Uh, my uh, um, my call-in number because I kind of messed this up. So let's try this again. I am the host. I am not a guest of my own show. I am the host on my show. So let's try that again. So anyway, 866-766-1776. If you want to join the conversation, we'll get in here and have all kinds of, uh, all kinds of fun. We've got some interesting things to talk about today. Of course, uh, Alexandria, um, what's her name? Alexandria Asiago Cheddar or whatever her name is. You know, she's always in the news because the left seems to love uh, ignorance. So there's that. Um, but we're also going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, the things that are happening with this criminal reform bill. Um, there's some really bad provisions in this bill. The bill is just generally not that good. And it's one of the areas, you know, I, I've tried to be honest. And when I, when I disagree with a particular politician, regardless of their, um, of their political or party affiliation, I try to, to bring that up. Uh, Donald Trump and, and the, the quote unquote bipartisan uh, love fest that's going on in Washington about this is, it's just generally a bad idea. The it's called the First Step Act, um, Senate Bill thirty six forty nine. This bill it says a it's a bill to provide programs to help reduce the risk that prisoners will recidivate upon release from prison and for other purposes. Essentially, this is uh, 
um, a sentence reduction or easy out or early out kind of program for what we're told is nonviolent offenders. But the reality is the folks who wrote this bill, the folks who are behind this bill, um, their view of violent is quite a bit different from reality. The sum total of the bill, as one writer says, is to serve as a clever distraction and talking point while ensuring that as many people as possible are eligible for early release credits. And that, as you read through it, you begin to realize how kind of dangerous this really is some of the, because the way this bill was written and I have got a link to, uh, I've got a link to an article that explains this in the show notes, uh, written by Daniel Horowitz. And essentially the way this bill was written, it was not written in a way that says, Hey, nonviolent offenders will be eligible for early release. And here's what some of those nonviolent offenders look like or what their convictions look like. The way this bill was written was pretty much everybody is eligible for early release. Violent, nonviolent, sexual predators, blue collar, white collar, pretty much everybody is eligible for early release credits except these people. And they give then some exceptions. And that's a problem because it what it what it shows or what it suggests is that they never really had any intention of limiting this to nonviolent criminals. They had every intention all along of limiting this or setting this up for pretty much everybody, regardless of their violent behavior in the past. Or whatever, and so we it, it puts us in somewhat of a of a dangerous position because now instead of just saying hey we're going to make sure that the only people that are eligible for early release are the nonviolent folks, we're going to provide exceptions. So now you've got to come up with a list of exceptions. And, and the blanket statement essentially just goes the wrong direction. And so let me, let me, let's start with this. Let me give you a couple of the loopholes within those exceptions. Um, one of them being uh, assaulting a police officer or a law enforcement officer. Someone convicted of assaulting a law enforcement officer even if you've if it was done with a dangerous weapon this bill only excludes those who commit assault quote assault with the intent to commit murder however the categories of the assault within the federal code the federal code that are short of that qualifier would be eligible including assaulting a law enforcement officer even with a dangerous weapon so the the idea being if a violent murderer is trying to escape from the custody of a 
of a law enforcement officer, but they are not, they don't have the intent of murdering said law enforcement officer, then they are eligible for early release. So they can beat up a cop, shoot a cop in the leg, stab a cop, whatever they were trying to do to get away from this police officer, as long as they didn't have the intention of murdering said police officer, they'll be eligible for early release. So what that proves is that this really isn't about nonviolent criminals. This is about letting as many criminals, just no qualifiers, just criminals, back out onto the street, violent or not. Another uh, loophole, someone convicted of assault resulting in serious bodily injury against a spouse, intimate partner, or even a child. Also, those convicted under U.S. Century Code 3559C2F, assault with intent to commit rape, aggravated sexual abuse, sexual abuse, abusive sexual contact, aircraft piracy, and extortion would still be eligible for release if it was their first time. So if you've only raped one person or hijacked one plane or sexually abused one child, that's okay. You're still eligible for early release. So as I said, to kind of open this discussion, the point of this is that they never really intended to limit this to nonviolent criminals. It was always intended to be left open to pretty much anybody. And then we'll stick in a bunch of exceptions that are so complicatedly worded that pretty much anybody gets to go free. So also, as I've mentioned here on the Schmidt show, we have a, we have a, an unpaid staff member. Well, we have two unpaid staff members cause I'm not paid really either. We, we do have the Patreon account, but I've never actually, I, I haven't really quite figured out how to withdraw the money from Patreon. So there's a few, <laughs> There's a few few bucks sitting in the Patreon account that I got to figure out how to deal with. I had to set up a new bank account at my bank, and anyway, it's a different discussion. Our other paid or unpaid staff member is is uh, the half Indian guru. Uh, did I hit the right one? Oh, I got to turn you up. There you are. We're teaching you the the basics yeah. of uh, broadcasting. The, the half Indian guru <laughs> is here with me, Noah Chalaya. Those of you that listen to the Ask Noah show obviously recognize Noah and uh, have uh, a previous relationship with Noah. So, Noah, have you been following any of this uh, this stuff with the with the the criminal reform? What are they calling it? The Criminal Justice Reform Act. They got a name for it. The First Step Act. I uh, I've been so unplugged from the news. Have you? I, yeah, I've been so like I yeah, well, I was on a work trip. Right. And yeah. Got done with that and and got back and and found that my house was just in desperate need of some TLC before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I was you got up to family like, coming for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it, we got family coming from out of town, stuff like that. And so uh, I, was, I was up to like five thirty in the morning cleaning. And oh moving. my gosh. We're hauling stuff out. We call the city. Turns out you can call the city and put a bunch of stuff on your berm. Right. And they'll come pick it up. But there's no. It's not like. They charge you per pound or anything. It's just like a on a or off thing. Fee? Yeah. So now we're like, okay. Can I can I just shove like an old abandoned car well, out there? And- I don't know. I don't know about a car, but here's here's the thing. So we we're doing some remodeling on our house. Have been doing some right, remodeling, yeah. and of course we have taken all the remains and put them in our garage to kind of store them. And now it's like we're just gonna move 
all of that out there. But we got like <laughs> beds and dressers and doors and f- old furniture and lamps and ceiling fans and all stuff. So yeah, we're just we're hauling stuff right and left. And it's just it's a nice, mess. yeah, nice. Well, it, it's good to have you back. I know you like I said you were gone doing some cool techie learning stuff, and and uh, you're back in the in the state now and. Judging yeah. by how you're dealing with that fader, maybe you should join me next time. I know, apparently. Well, I was looking, I'm like, I, everything in my studio at the radio station yeah. is always turned up. Yeah, I just right. hit the button and turn it yeah, on. Yeah, we're gonna that 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 we're gonna rearrange it a little bit because I've I've learned some best practices. Oh yeah, so we're gonna do that. But anyway, nice. all that all that to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to drag you too far off topic. So no, I have I've not been following the the news terribly. Yeah. What I do, what I have been following though, is um, there's a YouTube channel called Police Activity. Mm. And the entire channel is just these guys go around to police departments and say, hey, I saw that there was an officer involved shooting. Can can I have the body cam footage? They don't put any opinion on it. They just publish it. Just publish it. And so you can see in its entirety. Yeah, not, it's, not a public the, re, it's a public record kind of right. thing. Right. And, and not just the last record of it. Right. Because that's what people do. They, they show that what happens is you get a situation. This right. actually happened. This guy gets out of his car, starts shooting at these two police officers. Ends up killing the guy's partner, tries to kill the guy. The guy ducks and weaves around the back end of his car, starts running through the field to to get this guy, having come within an inch of his life, and now chasing after the guy who was literally trying to hunt him. And as as he's following him to the field, he's slowly starting to catch up to the guy, slowly starting to catch up to the guy. Of course, the guy's looking back at him, you know, trying to decide if he's going to pop off more rounds to the cop. And now the cop doesn't have any cover. Right. So what's he supposed to do? So he's chasing this guy through the field. Finally, he catches up to the guy and just breaks out his baton, just clocks the guy in the head. Of course, the reason for that is so that he can get him down on the ground without losing his life because he right. has no cover and he knows the guy has a gun and he further knows that the guy's willing to kill him because he's just tried. Just right. And so the, just killed his partner. Right. So so the guy, you know, the guy just suffers this massive just thwack to the back of his head and goes tumbling down and uh, there's a news helicopter. And of course, they cut out the first... 15 minutes of this exchange right and they capture they the last 35 the seconds of this guy running through clubbing. and so here's here, so so all these all these narratives come out about this overly aggressive cop that wants to go and clock black people you know in the back of their head and it's it's one of those things where i'm not saying that police shouldn't be held to a higher standard than the average right, joke. of course nobody's saying that but the reality is what you'll find and go check out that youtube channel i'm sure we have a link for you in the show notes but what you find is when you actually watch those situations from start to finish, mm-hmm. turns out everything happens for a reason, yeah. right? Not yeah. saying it's always right, but right. I'm, I'm saying there is 100% yeah. always a reason. Yeah. And what you find is then 95% of the time, 98% of the time, you would you look at those right. videos and be like, oh, yeah, I'd, that's, I'd, that's I'd react the same way. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll admit there there have been times, because I'm, I'm, I, I have a natural bias towards um, police officers. I, I have never had a bad experience with a police officer. I've never really had any sort of negative run-ins. Every time I've had a run-in with a police, um, it's generally because of my uh, stupid behavior in the first place, you know, speeding or, or whatever other issues I've been involved with. Um, and so it's usually my fault. And so therefore, I have a natural tendency towards police officers, but... At the same time, I'm also not naive as to believe that every single police officer in the entire country is pure as the driven snow and has never done anything wrong. There was the shooting, was it North Carolina a while back where the cop walks up to a guy and is talking to him or whatever. 
The guy turns and runs. The cop doesn't even take a step, just pulls out his gun and starts shooting, shoots the guy in the back five or six times. Mm -hmm. I don't remember where it was, three or four years ago. That cop was, I think, finally uh, convicted of of either homicide or murder. I can't remember which. And and I said from the very beginning, rightly so, Mm -hmm. because the entire footage that showed up was cops talking to the guy, guy turns and runs, cop doesn't even say anything, just pulls out the gun and starts blasting away. You know, like, I'm not even going to bother chasing this guy. I'm just going to shoot him because I'm too lazy to, you know, figure out what's actually happening, you know. So anyway, so there are times where police shootings are not justified. Um, so, but anyway, this whole this whole criminal reform act, that's this first step act mm-hmm. that's, that's currently in the news, um, this is the stuff that Kanye has been working on and... What's Kanye's wife's name? The heck is her name? Oh, uh, Kardashian. Uh, yeah, right. Right. They've been working on. The, you remember the lady that got it? She was like thrown in jail for like a, a half a century for you know possession of a you know a roach clip or something stupid like that. I can't remember the whole story, but she had a massively long sentence for some silly drug conviction mm-hmm. twenty years ago or whatever. And they got President Trump to commute her sentence. That was kind of the genesis of this this bill, this discussion. And, and unfortunately what's come of it is it's now a bill essentially just to make sure that every criminal, um, is eligible for early release. And, and to me, this is the issue that we've been talking about as it relates to, as it relates to, um, criminal justice that we've been having, as long as I, I mean, I remember talking about this when I was a kid in school, you know, like murderer gets three and a half years for murdering, you know, his next door neighbor over a, you know, a, the, the chainsaw that he borrowed two years ago. But then the guy that was, you know, some sort of marijuana you know, user. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some petty, whatever criminal, mm-hmm. you know, he, he ran a stop sign in a school zone, ends up in jail for 30 years or mm-hmm. something dumb like that. Punishment and, fit the crime kind right, of a thing. Right, yeah. And so we've been having this discussion as long as I can remember, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And and so now we're actually, we've we've got legislation in place that seemingly is going to make that worse. Like I said, one of the, one of the specific loopholes, as I was just talking about, is someone convicted of assault. As long as you've only abused sexually abused one child, as long as you've only raped one woman, as long as you've only hijacked one plane, you're eligible for early release. That's not I mean that's that's the whole thing. This is what people are upset about. Like the guy that rapes a kid, like that guy goes to jail forever. Or, right or you bury that guy under the jail, you know? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I mean that that's this is this is the kind of thing and I I get this is and there's going to be a bunch of Trump folks that that love this because Trump's on board with it, and his son Jared or his son-in-law or whatever Jared Kushner was was part of this whole criminal reform thing. There's going to be people that there's going to be Trump folks that say this is the greatest thing ever, and it's you know it's better than than any criminal reform bill that's ever been passed. And and this is where I've got to step up as a conservative and go look, we we can't just blindly because Trump said. We can't just blindly accept it as gospel. We've, we've got to take the time to look into this. And, and 
I mean, illegal aliens serving time for drug trafficking would be eligible, even if they were caught re-entering the country illegally, unless, of course, they had a previous had been previously deported for a felony conviction. So, th- I mean, this is the uh, Trump, the guy who was the 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 hardline, you know, anti-illegal immigration guy, is now backing a bill that allows for early release for illegal aliens convicted of drug trafficking. Like, this is the whole problem, right? Mm-hmm. Fentanyl and all this crap is coming into our country through Mexico and other places, of course, as well. But it's coming in through the southern border, and we're going to put legislation forward that allows them to, to, to be eligible for early release? That kind of mentality just doesn't sit well with me. Like, this is, this is exactly the problem. And I think it was Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, that was working on a criminal reform bill a few years back. And I actually interviewed him about it. It killed me because it was a great interview. Mike Lee's an incredibly intelligent guy, one of the smartest dudes you'll ever meet. And my recording software in the studio had a glitch, and I didn't get it recorded. Uh, so should have used Linux. I was so frustrated. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I tell you though, I'm the side note. I love this. I've you've been letting me use this this laptop. You borrowed yeah. me this laptop with yep. Linux on it. I love the laptop. <laughs> the specs are great. Linux is cool. The freaking keyboard on this thing. Well, it's not even the keyboard. It's, it's a space, space bar, bar, right? right? Yeah. Like I thought, oh, it'll get better. I'll get more used to it. Nope. It's not. I hate that keyboard with a passion. Everything about and it's like again, it's not even the keyboard. It's that space bar. Everything about that laptop is fantastic except the space bar. The, like uh, I tried to type out a tweet today. It took me like twelve minutes just to tweet something. I feel like I feel like yeah, I can understand the space bar being a little different. I feel like if we're at a twelve minute tweet, hundred twenty characters like <laughs> we got other issues going on. Yeah, I don't it's think the it's on, the only explanation. Yeah, it might not be. Just the keyboard. It might be me, but yeah. So I just, it's so funny to me. It's like, it's just so irritating to me. So anyway, that side note, I lost my train of thought now. What were we talking about? We're talking about criminal reform and you lost your interview. Mike Lee lost his interview, but he was working on a similar bill that, that didn't do this. It did allow for, look, if you've been convicted, you know, if you had a a half ounce of weed or, or a half ounce or a half smoked joint in your ashtray in your car or whatever, you didn't go to jail for 20 years. Right. You know, there, there, there seemed to be some legitimately uh, or legitimate efforts to make, quote unquote, the, the, the crime and the punishment seem to, to make sense. Mm-hmm. You, you, you murdered somebody. You were going away for a long time. Sure. You, know, you, you ran a stop sign. Mm, you got a $20 fine. Yeah. You know, whatever, what, you know, whatever the thing is. Right. So, but that didn't get any traction. And, and I, I believe the reason it didn't get any traction or didn't get the proper traction was simply because it was written by Mike Lee, mm-hmm. probably the single most conservative member of the United States Senate. Mm-hmm. And because the people, the Republicans, the establishment Republicans don't like guys like Mike Lee because they stand on principle. The Democrats right. absolutely hate guys like Mike Lee because oh, yeah. he's a conservative. And so... That bill doesn't get any traction. But now we've got Trump getting behind a bill that allows for exceptions that those who are convicted for drug-related robberies involving assault with a dangerous weapon and for violent carjacking resulting in serious bodily injury all eligible for early release. Like, that's not, that's not, 
like the whole goal of all of this was, according to the people that pushed it forward, was mm-hmm. we're going to make it so folks who have been convicted of nonviolent crimes, you know, a couple ounces of weed or or you know they had a an illegal prescription in their car or whatever it was, those people were going to let out early. The bad guys were going to keep in, and instead, what we've got is. Everybody gets out early, except with a very few rare exceptions. In fact, it says even the few meaningless or meaningful exceptions in the bill, such as child pornographers, were only added later. Like somebody had to go, hey, wait a second. Um, just a thought, but maybe somebody convicted of, of child pornography should not be allowed to be eligible for early release. What do you think and about went, that? Oh yeah, um, yeah. We should probably we should probably make an exception. Like they had to add that later. Like that wasn't well, part let, of their first discussion. Let me let me ask you something. What do you think about that? But what? Child, like uh, early release for people who are convicted of, of child pornography. And and I say this as somebody who is you know don't look at child pornography. I have right. no interest in child pornography. Right. But but at at the end of the day, there are two reasons to incarcerate people. Right. Either we want to punish them. Yeah. There are three reasons. Either we want to punish them. We want to keep them from doing harm to the rest of the public. Or we want to uh, rehabilitate them. Right. Those are those are the only three See, reasons. See, and I would argue that we don't even bother with rehabilitation. So I agree. I, I'm not convinced that people, sexual deviants, can be rehabilitated. Well, but I don't think our prison system ha- cares anything about rehabilitation. Oh. So I you don't think the, you I don't would think say the only reason, currently the only reason we have a prison system is, like, as you said, A, either to to protect society from bad guys. Right. Or to punish bad guys for wrongdoing. The, the, it's either punitive or protective. So you, if it was there, up to you, you wouldn't even bother trying to rehabilitate anybody for any reason. Well, no, I think there's, I, no, I absolutely think there is a possibility of rehabilitation. I oh, don't okay. think our prison, I don't think our prison system does it. I don't think our oh, prison system tries to do it. So they, you're saying we should do a better job. I think, I think the rehabilitative part should be separate. The, okay. the prison system, in my opinion, the prison system should not be punitive. Okay. It should be protective. If, if, so for example, if, um, if you, if you steal, say $10,000 from whatever bank through your hacking abilities, mm-hmm. because you're a, a techie guy and you figure out how to, you know, Linux geek. Do you remember there was, there was a movie back? I don't remember when it was back in the eighties. There was a guy. It was a movie about a, a couple of guys. They figured out how to write a computer program that siphoned off all of the half cents in percentages in interest. Huh. This movie. So what they did is they wrote this script. This was their their big deals. They worked for a bank and they figured out that if you had interest in your account or if you earned interest on your account, sometimes you earned you know twelve dollars thirteen point four seven cents uh-huh well the point four seven cents doesn't exist right because we don't have half pennies right in our in our currency so it was just then rounded down to the twelve dollars and thirteen cents right but if it was twelve dollars thirteen point five six cents well that was just rounded up so what they did is they siphoned all all of the point four nine cents and lower off into an account well, they did this across every single account in this global bank. And okay. all of a sudden, it amassed a huge amount of money way faster than they were expecting. They couldn't figure out how to hide it. And this is the premise of the movie. It's like they figured out how to steal money 
that they weren't really stealing from anybody. It was money that didn't really exist. It was right. kind of the it was kind of the the true uh, noble thief movie. And if somebody's listening, post this in the in the Telegram chat room or I'm on the. I'm surprised I have. There there aren't many hacker movies I haven't seen. And I don't know if it was technically a hacker movie. It was just these two accountant guys that huh. or whatever in the movie. If you if you know the name of the movie, just. Put it in the, you know, send it in a comment in the chat room or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, but the 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 movie, that was the premise of the movie. So let's just say, for example, you figured out how to do this with your bank, whichever mm-hmm. bank that you bank with. Mm-hmm. Nobody's injured by it, you know, you but it's obviously, you know, at the very least, it's unethical. Um, and, you know, one could probably argue illegal, you know, extortion, you know, yeah. or, or not extortion. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, embezzlement or or whatever, just straight up theft. So you've not really damaged anybody. You've not really harmed anybody. And there's not a high risk of you doing that again. So your punishment in in my mind is, or, or, or your crime is a crime that needs to be punished. And I don't believe that society would need to be protected from someone like you. Mm-hmm. But now if you go out and just start randomly murdering people for the fun of it with an ax... Now you're a danger to society, and so that's where that's where you go for prison. Mm-hmm. That's that's where that's where prison fits in and for you. But as far as the other crime, the you know the the quote, I I don't believe there is such a thing as a victimless victimless crime. Really? But no, I don't I don't think I, every crime has some sort of victim somewhere. <laughs> I mean, unless you bring up a movie scenario where no, I was just going to say prostitution. Um, absolutely, a vic- not a victimless crime. Well, let me ask you this. Is most prostitutes have most, not all, most prostitutes are trafficked. Okay, but that's no, that's not that's not a fair argument. That's not because that that because now we're so voluntary consensual sex for money with another human being. Just that alone, right? Because right. here's here's my here's my issue with it. And again, not I, I don't mean to just drag the topics all over the place. Right. But, but here's my issue. My issue is if you walk in and you, you go on Tinder, you look a girl up, you say, Hey, I'll take you out for dinner. And uh, let's go get a pizza, and let's yep. go back to my place and have sex, okay? Cost you 20 bucks, and you got laid. Yep. Now, if I just skip the pizza and give the girl $20, oh, by the way, that first thing, that's perfectly legal. You can right. do that. Yeah. If I just skip the pizza and give her the 20 bucks, now that's prostitution and it's illegal. Right. But if I put a video camera in there and say I'm going to sell it afterwards, well, now that's adult filmmaking, and now right. I can give her the $20, right. and it becomes legal again. Right. The act stays the same throughout all three of those right. scenarios. One is legal, one yeah. is illegal, one is legal. So my question is, do we ha- are there crimes that aren't currently against the law? Are there victims that are being victimized that are not currently a law to charge them with? Right. Or are we charging people with the victimless crime? Because it's to me, it's logically inconsistent, right? right? So what i would tell you is that the 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 victim is not the girl that you were involved with or not you personally, right. but uh, yeah, yeah, in this yeah, scenario example, the yeah. girl the in the girl the, yeah cuz i know you and <laughs> that's not um the uh, the girl in the example mm-hmm. is is not the victim but her roommate her sister her other friend or someone else that sees this and goes, Hey, I need 20 bucks and ends up getting involved in some other scenario that is not consensual or Mm -hmm. quite as consensual becomes the victim. And because we allow it 
to happen. It and and I know that's a bit of a stretch, and I get that, and mm-hmm. and, and I won't deny that it's not a bit of a stretch. But that 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 can that not not condoning. Yeah, the condoning of a particular behavior mm-hmm. means that the person who's involving in the behavior may not be the victim, but someone else may become a collateral victim but, uh, down the road. We, and it's a very, very, very high likelihood of collateral victimhood. But we don't use that logic with absolutely anything else that we support, right? Like we would never accept that second circular, or I don't know what the word is, but like, I'm thinking like of an onion, like you right. know, you've got rings. Yep. So like the, the uh, it's like, like you're saying, like the original circle or whatever, that's not the problem. But then the, the you know, the second layer, whatever it is, we wouldn't, ex- I feel like we wouldn't accept that logic when it comes to guns that, well, the initial gun owner, whatever isn't the problem, but the guy who got killed because his gun was taken. I mean, we would never accept that sort of. Well, but that's, but it's, it's a likelihood issue. Okay. So, so you're saying it's not likely that it's it would not have- likely that a, that a, a, a responsible gun owner would allow his, his guns to fall. It's, it happens, but like for me, I always, I shouldn't say always, 99% of the time I'm carrying, I'm carrying, right. you know, we've done this before. I'm carrying right now as we, as we eject the magazines. And, <laughs> oh, we're doing that. Okay. All right. And Jack. Okay. There we go. Yeah. There. Now we're so, all clear. <laughs> so, you know, you and I carry regularly and I make it, um, I make it a very intentional part of my lifestyle to make sure that my guns are always secured. Hashtag me too. Yeah, always, you know, so, so the likelihood of me losing control of my weapons is very low. Sure. But if I am willing to engage in, in what many people would consider immoral behavior Mm -hmm. and just random sex with a random woman, Mm -hmm. It is very the the likelihood of other extenuating circumstances and other immoral behavior is very high. Hmm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. No, it does. I, so, I I can see what you're saying. I mean, I still don't know that I I still don't know if I get it gets me all the way there, but right. I definitely I I at least can understand how you're squaring it. Right. So the 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 other the other one drug use, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, I mean. Is, if you want to shoot up and and OD on heroin, what do I care, right? Exactly. It's it's your money, right? It's your life, right? I, I don't really care, exactly. But the 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 problem with it is if you're willing to engage in that kind of behavior, what other kinds of behavior are you willing to engage in that that become because you and I have had differing views on legalizing marijuana, right? Um, we bring it up all the time because it's literally but, yeah, the only thing we it's disagree like the only on. Thing we disagree on. <laughs> and I don't know that we really disagree that much on it because uh, I would be actually I've mentioned before I'm I'm not necessarily totally opposed to decriminalizing right. marijuana. Sure, yeah, you know, taking it from a from a a a felony or misdemeanor and and making it a a ticketable offense. I don't know what they would call that. You know, like like speeding is not technically a crime. So, right. Yeah, it's like, not a criminal offense. It's not right. a criminal offense. Yeah. It's a it's a traffic infraction. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fraction. So, or a fraction infraction. So, yeah. yeah. So whatever, however that works, I wouldn't necessarily be you know up to a certain point. Like if you're carrying, there was a guy that was just busted right here in North Dakota, going from Portland, Oregon to Pennsylvania somewhere. Mm-hmm. Dude had thirty pounds of marijuana in his back seat. Oh well. I'm guessing that's probably not for personal use. You know. No. However. However. I. You know. 
He also had a bunch of other drugs as well. Right, but. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, here's... The, the, one of the things that I think does get left out of that discussion is the those of us that do plan in bulk. Like, I don't buy toilet paper four right. rolls at a time, right? <laughs> I go to Sam's Club, and I buy as many as I can fit in the back of my full-size Suburban. Right. The reason for that is I know that I'm going to use it at some point, so right. why not just stock up? Yeah, but... So, okay, so... 30 pounds might be a bit excessive. I'm, I was going to say, I'm a former addict, and... <laughs> It, it doesn't work like it that. Take, it would take an excessively long time to smoke 30 pounds of pot. I mean, think about a pack of cigarettes. Most people smoke a pack a day, right? The, you know, the the kind of that's the the standard. How many packs of cigarettes a day do you smoke? Right. Think of the weight involved yeah. in a full pack of cigarettes. It's what? Half an ounce? Right. And that's of, of that, tobacco? Yeah, right. You right. Know? So if it takes me a, a, a day to smoke a half an ounce of, of cigarettes, and most people don't smoke a half ounce of weed a day. Yeah. Um, so even if you smoke a, a quarter ounce of weed every day, there's 16 ounces in a pound. So it takes sure. you one month to smoke a pound. It takes you 30 months, theoretically, to smoke 30 pounds. So you're now talking three years supply. Yeah. Um, it's going to go bad before you get it all. Right, right. So chances are he was not using that for personal use. So anyway, but the, the point being... Is I don't believe that there is such a thing as a victimless crime. There's always a victim, and at the very least, there's a collateral victim. Um, you know, so for example, the, in your in your um, in your scenario, the girl mm-hmm. that you're willing to pay twenty dollars for sex or whatever. Sure. Um, what about a parent? If that was your daughter, and I get that this now be now this falls into the realm of personal emotional stuff and doesn't really fit in legal discussions and not only that i mean there there are plenty of things that i mean how <laughs> i like i said no yeah, I, i'm willing to admit that that's not really a fair argument well, it's just but, a really slippery slope i mean right. i wouldn't feel very good if my daughter started getting into the me too movement or the right. or the uh, you know or or you know put a vagina hat on her head and started right. marching around none of those right. things but it's not my place as a parent to stop her from doing those things either right yeah so anyway that that's so i just don't believe that there is such a thing as a victimless crime to, sure. so to bring that back mm-hmm. the 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 idea of crime and the prison system the the prison system being in my opinion should be protective mm-hmm. if you've if you've done something that that does not put the public in danger you know, I, I don't believe prison is the place for you. Sure. I, I think Bernie Madoff, for example, mm-hmm. the, the, the guy that the Ponzi scheme dude, whatever, made $50 billion or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a danger to society. But is he is he a, like a physical danger to society? Or do we find the guy forty nine billion nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars give the guy a ten dollar bill seize every bit of everything he ever stole from everybody and and start doling it out to the victims of his crime and say now here's your punishment we're not going to put you in jail because you're obviously a skilled financial person Mm-hmm. We're going to put you in a place where it is now required of you to work on behalf of the American people or on behalf of the victims to help them plan for their retirement. Mm-hmm. You will work for free for the people that you defrauded to help them figure out how to recover from some sort of financial 
calamity that they're now facing because of your actions. To me, that seems like a better use of somebody like Bernie Madoff than throwing him in jail and, and keeping him from anything involved with finances. Now, of course, someone like that would have to be very closely supervised, you know, to make sure that he's not, you know, continuing to defraud people. But the theory is the point of it. Cause every time I bring up one of these, well, but what about this? Look, it's a theory. I'm not saying Bernie Madoff is, you know, should now get his own Edward Jones office and be allowed right, to start, right. you know? So, so those sorts of things are, is how we, I think we need to approach the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Now you, you sexually assault somebody, you beat somebody up in a bar or, Honestly, even if you if you get in a bar fight mm-hmm. and somebody gets assaulted or hurt, you know maybe jail isn't the place for you. Yeah, mutual combat you laws. Know? Well, but even beyond mutual combat laws, even if you just sneak up on somebody and and cold cock them with a you know with a and blindside them in a bar fight because he lost a pool game or whatever, is jail really the place for that guy? You know maybe he's a you know maybe he's a plumber enjoying a night out on the town with his buddies. And he's a really good plumber. Hey, instead of throwing this guy in jail, maybe we make him do some community service and and force him to go through alcohol rehabilitation or whatever. And we make him go fix all the plumbing at the local courthouse or, you know, at the local dog shelter or whatever else other thing that he can provide something to society instead of putting him in jail, taking away from his kids and his family, and now putting his kids and his wife in a position where they are are wards of the state because they have to be on welfare and all of these other things because their provider, the guy who was making a hundred grand a year as a plumber is now in jail. You know, it seems to me that we need to readdress. Is it protective or is it punitive? Because if it's punitive, Mm -hmm. if we make that decision, fine, that's the decision we make as a society. We're going to just punish everybody by putting them in jail. Fine. Whatever. But I think that's the decision we've got to make with the criminal justice system in the first place. Sure. Is is it going to be punitive or is it going to be protective? And I believe prison should be protective. Mm-hmm. There's a reason there's big walls around it with barbed wire on top, right? Because the people in there are dangerous to society. And if they're not dangerous to society, fine. I'm okay with them being released early or or, or whatever, but their punishment needs to be reevaluated. You don't just get out and get a go free. Maybe you get to get out on the condition that you will go to trade school and learn how to be a plumber or you will, you know, whatever, go to uh, police academy, mm-hmm. learn how to be a cop, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to, to quote unquote, repay your debt to society. Mm-hmm. And, and move forward and become a more productive member of society. Now, you mentioned from the other part of the rehabilitative discussion. The, the rehabilitative issue, I think, is, is should be separate. Because the guy that goes into the bar and, and blindsides the dude for losing a pool game and, and, and losing 50 bucks on a, on a bet on a pool game, that guy has other issues besides whatever happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. He's got anger issues. He's got alcoholism issues, addiction issues, whatever it is. Here's your punishment. You're going to go fix all the plumbing in the courthouse over the next six weeks and, and, and produce, you know, a hundred hours of community service doing plumbing. And you're going to go to addiction counseling, or you're going to show up every morning at the courthouse at 8am and every evening at the courthouse 
at 8 p.m. and take a breathalyzer test to prove that you've not been drinking at all today or whatever it is, you know, and I'm being, again, I'm, I'm just throwing theories out there. This isn't, I'm not, I haven't really thought these plans through, but there's a real rehabilitative part. Maybe you got to go to some anger management classes at your expense. The state's not paying for it, but the only way you can afford those, those, those anger management courses is if you continue to work. Mm-hmm. If you're in jail, now the taxpayers have to pay for your anger management courses. If you're in jail, your kids are also on food stamps and welfare or whatever because mom, because dad's no longer bringing home the bacon. Right. So there is absolutely a real rehabilitative portion to it. But I believe the rehabilitation portion of it should be at the expense of the criminal, mm-hmm. not at the expense of the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. And and I think that can be accomplished if we if we we reevaluate the way we punish criminals. Now, if you're just a like you're a serial killer, there you, you there's probably maybe there's some sort of rehabilitative thing. But I mean, if you're John Wayne Gacy or or uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody like that, mm-hmm. chances Who's are a nice. Hey, you know what? So. Uh, Pretty sure it was Jeffrey Dahmer. It was Wisconsin, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. A uh, good friend of mine, her dad was a correctional officer for like 40 years. So he was a super nice guy. Amazingly nice guy, yep. which, I mean, I guess you'd have to be if you're going to lure people to <clears throat> yep. eat them. But, uh, but yeah. Ted Bundy, same thing. Everybody talked to him. He was a super nice guy. Yeah? Yep. So. So, yeah. But anyway, um, you know, chances are that guy's probably not going to be rehabilitated. Um, mm-hmm. And even if he is, he still poses a threat to society. You, you have proven by the murdering 12 or 15 people or whatever the, the number was that you are dangerous and and should not be allowed in society unsupervised. So you go to jail mm-hmm. and you sit there for the rest of your life or however long it is till you can prove to us as a society that you've A, repaid your debt and B, are no longer a danger. Right. And if you can't prove that you are no longer a danger, Charles Manson. Was never a, never able to prove to the parole board in California that he was no longer a threat to society. Mm-hmm. So he never got out. Died in jail is what? Did he have cancer or something? I think he got yeah, I don't know liver cancer or whatever it was. I don't remember. Anyway, so that's that's my view on on how we address the the criminal justice system. This bill and and I would encourage you. This is something that I don't think I've really talked about much um, on on the show. I talk about it on my radio show from time to time. Contact your senators. Contact your your representatives and tell them to vote against this. And tell them why. Don't just say, I want you to vote against the, the First Step Act. Tell them, I want you to vote against the First Step Act because it allows for people who have committed rape, sexual abuse of a child or some other thing. Sure. As long as they've only done it once, they're still eligible for immediate re- or for early release. Mm-hmm. So Tell them why you don't want them to vote for it. Because a lot of these senators, a lot of these congressmen and stuff, I've talked to some of them. Mm-hmm. They vote for these things based on what their legislative aides tell them. They've right. never actually read the bills. Sure. You know, the famous line, line from Nancy Pelosi. Well, we got to pass it so we know what's in it. Right. No, it's your job to read it before we, we pass it and, and find out what's in it. So a lot of times, the, the just because of the sheer amount of work that they are doing— that's the other quick myth that I want to dispel. The the senators and congressmen, those guys do actually work really long days and put in a lot of effort in the legislative offices in our nation. And and sometimes they just don't have time to read it. So they, they rely on and trust the people on their staff 
that they've hired to be legislative aides and things like that to give them the information that, hey, this is a good bill. You should vote in favor of it. Your constituency seems to have a, uh, a, a general approval for it or whatever, so vote for it or vote against it, whatever. So call your senators, call your representatives and tell them, I want you to vote against this bill and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you'll actually get through to your senator or your representative. Sometimes you'll get a, a an aide or, or whatever. But d- do the email thing. People always say letter writing campaigns, write an email, send them an email. Do that because they do actually, I actually have some friends that are, are legislators and, and they actually have said, we do read the emails and they do um, oftentimes influence the way we approach this kind of stuff. And they said, sometimes you'll just get a form letter back that says, thank you for your interest in whatever issue. And don't take that as they don't care. It's just, they want you to know that you've, they've received your email or whatever, but also call them, talk to them in person, talk to their, their, their communications people, talk to their, uh, you know, secretaries or whoever it is that answers the phone, talk to them in person Mm -hmm. and tell them vocally, don't just send the email, do both. Um, so anyway, that's uh, one one discussion for the day. I've got a couple other things that I was going to get to, and I'm not sure we're going to have have time um, to get into all of this. Um, let's see here. Get back to my my show note links. Oh, ha. Um, we're not going to have time. I might have to save this one for next week. Mm. Um, Representative Eric Swalwell mm-hmm. out of California um, wants to ban... Uh, Assault weapons, assault weapons, or what he calls assault weapons that are yeah, actually that. that are actually just semi-automatic rifles of right. pretty much any kind. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't want. But he doesn't want to build. He doesn't want to ban a Ruger Mini 14. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a big difference between that and an AR-15. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Pretty so much. They don't. Uh, they don't. You know, the Ruger Mini 14 doesn't. Or wait. Yeah, it does accept a 30 round mag. Well, but it yeah. doesn't have a detachable. No, it does have a detachable stack. That's here. Um, well, the magazine is it up to? Th- no, it is up to 30. Well, it it's not uh, it's not two two three. No, it is cheaper. Well, geez, Brad, help it's, me with this. One is brown and one black. is black. Oh, that's Wait, what it is. But it's not black and scary. But my now, mistake. But the new Ruger Mini 14s you can get with a composite stock. So well, maybe they'll just ban those stocks. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's really, as we all know, the Democrats believe that anything is black is scary. <laughs> oh, oh. But it's true. Ooh. It's true. <laughs> 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 Man, I haven't heard I haven't people heard people talk about talk about Democrats like that back from, from, from when they were back from when they were against the civil rights thing. Well, the, the, well, you realize that the KKK was originally oh, was just yeah, yeah it was a sure. it was a military arm of the Democrat Party. Um, anyway, so yeah, we we know that just because it's black, that's why the Democrats think it's scary. So um, thank you for clarifying that for yeah, us. Yeah, no problem. No. Um, well, so thank anyway, you for helping me. I was confused. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Swalwell, this guy from California, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's S-W-A-L-W-E-L-L. Honestly, I don't care enough to pronounce his name properly, but it's Swalwell or Swalwell or whatever his name is. Um, he, he wants to ban all these, these uh, semi-automatic rifles. Not handguns, because they don't do as much damage, is what mm. he said. So... My friend who has a Desert Eagle 50 Action Express mm-hmm. that holds 15 rounds in the magazine, I believe. I think it's 15 rounds. Um, that won't do as much damage as an AR-15. Sure. 
the, just the, the 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 stupid logic of some of this. But so anyway, some guy on Twitter calls him out and says, "So essentially, you're looking for a war because if if you try to ban assault weapons or ban semi-automatic rifles, mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. Is you're you're asking for a war." Mm-hmm. And Swalwell's response was, "Well, it'll be a short war because the government has nukes." That's Ooh. what. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go so far as some have said. Some have tried to say, well, he he'd be willing to nuke American citizens. I, I don't think that's the point he was getting at, but he he perfectly clarifies the the argument that that people like me have been making for a while. the The purpose of the Second Amendment, explicitly so, by the founding fathers, was to be able to stand up against a tyrannical government mm-hmm. should the government get out of control. Right. And so by him simply saying that, hey, yeah, but the government has nukes, that's part of the problem. Now, I'm not suggesting that we as the United States government should not have nuclear capability as far as our weaponry goes. Mm-hmm. The idea of a standing army um, was something that was, was not really um, popular among mm-hmm. the founding fathers, um, but we are in a different world today. And there are threats all around. And in order to maintain a militia of the people, mm-hmm. um, which actually I don't, I'm not sure that I would be, I don't know that I would be opposed to that. Um, George Washington used to say that any man 18 to 50 should be regularly trained and available for service in the event of any interesting emergency, I think was the quote that he used. So I'm not sure that I would be opposed to that because I'd be on board for that. If the, so here's my thought with this whole um, Second Amendment and all this kind of discussion. And again, like I say, we're not going to really be able to dig into this. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe what we should be doing as the government is not talking about ways to disarm citizenry, but maybe we should be talking about mandatory gun training mm-hmm. for all males – 18 to 50 mandatory training at whatever age starting 14, 16 or whatever. So that by the time they reach 18 and are quote unquote in that range of being eligible for the militia, they are prepared. They've been trained. They know how to, how to operate weapons, not just, not just handguns, not just rifles, not just bolt action or semi-automatic whatever, but maybe get some training on a howitzer. Maybe get some training in mm-hmm. a tank. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some training in a in a, a a fighter jet. You know whatever it is, trained in the use of arms. Because the 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 folks that were being tr- trained in the use of arms in 1776 at the founding of our nation. They were being trained with the most modern weaponry there was available. Mm-hmm. The musket was the AR-15 of the day. It really was. They, they, they had the most advanced weaponry available to them as citizens. There was no one in the government that had bigger guns than the citizens did. Even cannons. The, there's uh, In the Federalist paper, um, 43... I can't remember the number. I'd have to look it up. But James Monroe, mm. James Monroe actually wrote a letter to a private ship owner when the private ship owner asked, "Hey, 
are we allowed to have cannons on our boats? Because we have, you know, pirates and things wanting to attack us and, and whatnot. And James Monroe actually wrote a letter said, well, of course, why wouldn't you be allowed to have cannons on your boat? It's your boat. And if you can afford to buy a canyon, a cannon and, and want to put it on your boat to protect yourself from bad guys or the British feel free, go right ahead. There's nothing in the United States law that says you shouldn't have a cannon. So should I be disallowed as a citizen from having a comparable weapon to the cannon into, you know, what would a cannon be in today's world? A tank, a howitzer, a nuclear weapon. Now I'm not suggesting that, that the average Joe citizen should have access to nuclear weapons, right? But you get the point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we should be, in my opinion, at the very least mandatory training paid for by the government for all citizens to be ready to use the most advanced weaponry of the time in the event that we've got to rise up against the government. Sure. So when Eric Swalwell says, hey, we're going to come nuke you, we go, mm, how about we nuke you instead? You know, I mean, and of course, I'm being facetious and absurd, yeah. but but that's, I mean, that's the whole, right, the, the, the threat of mutually assured, assured destruction. So anyway, um, we'll maybe have to dig into that another time. Um, there's another story, um, Alyssa Milano, right? This intellectual powerhouse. Um, she's in the world of Hollywood, been in the world of Hollywood since she was 12, whatever it was, right? She was on, I actually used to have a crush on her when she was Sam on Who's the Boss. You're too young to remember Sam from Who's the Boss, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. You, you were, what do you remember her from? She would have been, what is Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, okay, sure. Would have been. Probably when you first started seeing her, right? How old are you? Uh, 31. 31. I'll be 32 in December. Okay, so yeah. yeah, yeah, that would probably... I remember Alyssa Milano as Sam from Who's the Boss with Tony, okay. with Tony Danza. Um, you would have probably remembered her from from uh, Buffy... The, was she in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Google it. I think she was in one of those. Uh, anyway. Milano. Um, <laughs> Googling. She, yeah, so she... IMDb. She's been in IMDb Hollywood since she was like 12 or 13, 11, 12, whatever age she was at. So that's her worldview. Not in Buffy. Not in Buffy. What Not was in she Buffy. in? There was another show she was in later on. Um, Beverly Hills 90210 or something. Really? I don't know what it was. You're the you're the you're the half Indian guru. She's yeah, well, I'm <clears throat> I'm I'm half Indian guruing right now. <laughs> Let's see here. <clears throat> See if I recognize any of this stuff. What is, what kind of stuff was she in? Uh, the Wonderful World of Disney, Melrose Place. Oh, Fantasy Melrose Island, Place. Bill That's what I was thinking of. Okay, yeah. Melrose Place. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch that? No. What else is she in? Charmed. The Charmed. Blue Honor. Oh, Charmed. Charmed was a movie. Yeah, it was really single parents. Yeah. Nope. Not uh, not familiar with this particular uh, actress. Actress. So anyway, Alyssa Milano was big as, for my generation, she was big as Sam mm -hmm. on Who's the Boss. And um, so she's in the Hollywood world. That's the whole point of this. I don't even know what's going on anymore. The whole point of that discussion was that she was been in Hollywood all of her life. And so she tweeted out the other day. I don't know if she tweeted or whatever she did. Yeah, she tweeted it. She says this, quote, from the tweet. There are over 20 productions shooting in Georgia. Is the entertainment industry willing to support the economy of a totally corrupt state that suppresses democracy 
where the winner isn't the best choice for the people, but the best schemer or crook. She's upset that Stacey Abrams lost the governorship in Georgia. Right, so she says, hey, there's 20 film productions going on in Georgia right now. Mm -hmm. The film industry should back out, pull out of Georgia, cancel those productions. So all of my Hollywood friends should be out of a job because I don't like the governor that got elected in Georgia. This is, this is the level of, of intellectual prowess mm-hmm. that plagues the left. She actually thinks the proper solution to an, an election result that she didn't like is to make sure that the people in her industry mm-hmm. are, un, excuse me, are unable... To make a living by canceling their productions, hmm. like it, like the the this, the lunacy of that thought process just does not make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be working in this area. You know how many people are employed in a in twenty different, and if they're especially if they're big Hollywood productions, how right. many people would be employed in by twenty? And and Georgia. So I follow a guy on YouTube. Um, actually, I did an interview with him. Ed Bolian is his name. I follow him on YouTube, um, who talks about Georgia is trying to kind of court the movie industry. Because mm-hmm. Atlanta, of course, is a beautiful city. If you've never been there, it's huge. And the the outline, I've been in Alpharetta. I got to go to a conference there a while back. And, and Atlanta is a beautiful city with huge, huge resources to offer the movie, movie industry. Mm-hmm. And she's going, we should pull out of there and make sure that the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that would be employed by that should be out of a job because I don't like the governor there. I mean, mm-hmm. th- these people are just completely and utterly useless. Like, th- uh, am I wrong? Am I, am I misreading or no. misunderstanding that tweet? No, I, I don't think so. I, I, think the bigger, I think the bigger issue with that tweet is that it fundamentally... It fundamentally uh, I guess it, it undermines the idea or or reinforces the idea that his belief is that the government is above the people and the people are not in control of the government. And I think that kind of backwards mm. interpretation of it, I think, is where you kind of what, what gets you all up in a twist. And I, and I think it's appropriate because, yeah. you know, the guy's a loon bag. But let's face it. He is a he is a godsend to talk radio host. Oh, so that's, she, yeah. That's she, a gift. she she she. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. She is, it's a gift. Yeah. Yep. So there are. There are a few folks in Georgia, though, that that are not all that thrilled about the movie industry coming mm-hmm. to Georgia, mm-hmm. um, and a few of the the re, the re, the uh, the replies. Um, Mike at Michael Cowart forty four, mm-hmm. he says, uh, "We did fine without them in the past. We'll do fine without them in the future." See you around Tinseltown. Who needs you? <laughs> um, another one says, "Would love to tell the industry bye, y'all." And bless your heart, <laughs> Georgia is not California. By the Hallelujah way, for, the, for those of you that maybe are listening that are not from the South, bless your heart is a South's way of saying you're an idiot. Yeah, or F you. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it's kind of a multi-purpose kind of, yeah, you're, bless right. your heart. <laughs> you're a moron. So, yeah, the uh, yeah. so there is uh, one text, or one says, um, I'm a liberal actor or I'm a liberal working actor here in Atlanta, and like many, many others, fought hard against Kemp. I love the industry. I love my home. I love my family. Please stop encouraging the industry to leave. But I guess we can all go to Hollywood and take your jobs. 
<laughs> so, they, I mean, it, that's the thing is these the, the, when you start advocating for this is why I actually kind of stay away f- from boycotts in general. Mm-hmm. I don't do a whole lot of of boycotting just because I just don't I just don't like the the like so for example, I've I've shared this story on my on my radio show, mm-hmm. on my terrestrial show. I was at a coffee shop one time. Um and I had just purchased a new shotgun for trap shooting mm-hmm. and I had a small it had a small blemish on the forend and I was going to call the manufacturer as a Winchester SXP uh trap. Mm-hmm. And so um I I was going to contact Winchester and ask what I needed to do to get this blemish taken care of. So I was at this coffee shop doing a little bit of show prep, getting ready for my show. And um, I thought, well, I'll just go to Winchester's website to get their customer service number. So I type in, you know, winchesterarms.com or whatever it was. Um, sure enough, it I can't get there. I think website's down. All right, that happens, no big deal. So I tried, you know, Facebook or Google or whatever. No problem. Well, it's obviously not my computer. You know, it's. I thought maybe I wasn't connected to the Wi-Fi or whatever. So I thought, well, I wonder. So I tried RemingtonArms.com or whatever their website mm-hmm. is. Can't get there. That's weird. Get to Facebook. I can get to all these other websites. No problem. Well, what about Ruger.com? Can't get to Ruger. Can't get to Walther. Can't get to Smith & Wesson. Like none of these gun sites I can get to. I'm like... So now this coffee shop, and it's a national chain, is blocking, and it's not the one you're thinking of. It's it, it doesn't start with an S and end with a bucks. That's not the it was <laughs> it wasn't that coffee shop, but the, I I couldn't get to any gun websites, any no ammunition websites because I try well let's try I I use pretty much exclusively Fioki ammunition yeah, for, yeah, right. for trap shooting. Yep. Couldn't get to Fioki's website. Couldn't get to Federal's website. Um, so I well, that's weird. Why would all of these gun websites or ammunition manufacturing websites be blocked at this coffee shop? And I thought, you know what? I wonder just out of curiosity. So I type in playboy.com. No problem. I can get to a porn site. I can sit in a local coffee shop with children around. Mm-hmm. I can surf porn. No problem. Mm-hmm. Gun web, gun website. Too far, buddy. Back off. You don't need to be searching gun websites in this coffee shop. So I just said, personally, I'm not going to go there anymore. Right. And it it wasn't because I I was going to start a boycott. And and I've actually never told anybody what coffee shop it was because it's not my intention to harm their business or whatever. Right, sure. I'm just not going to go there myself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't like to do boycotts because what if somebody reaches out to me Wants to meet me, and they say, well, "Can you meet me at such and such a coffee shop?" I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the time to go through the whole story and say, "No, I don't go right. there because blah 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 this and that, whatever." And I, I just go, "Yeah, sure, we'll meet there." Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I just don't like say. For one, I don't want to damage their business. It, mm-hmm. It's it's their prerogative. If they if it's their business, if they don't want me surfing a gun website in their coffee shop, fine, I don't care. Yeah, but I think it's important to allow people to vote with their wallets, right? Right, exactly. Like like minded people. Yep. Uh, Interestingly, like, I wouldn't want to give my money to a coffee shop like that. Inter- interestingly enough, the coffee shop that you and I met at the first mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. was the coffee shop. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't. First of all, yep. I didn't realize they were a chain. Right. 
Yeah, they are. They're okay. yeah, they're uh, well, they're I don't know if they're a national chain, but they're a regional a, chain. M- definitely a Midwest upper Midwest oh. chain. I'm glad you told me that because yeah. that'll be the last time I ever go there. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, I just don't like to do the boycott thing because I just I, I had never met you before. I didn't know what your views on a lot of this stuff were. And <laughs> to be fair, that it that had nothing to do with it. Well, it was right. literally the only coffee the only shop in Grand Forks that was open that day. <laughs> right. So anyway, so it was just a yeah. It was it was just a matter of and so I'm not going to go. Oh no, I don't want to meet you there because now I end up looking like a, a self righteous d bag and mm-hmm. I, I didn't really care that much. So anyway, yeah, but. I don't go there intentionally. Even even the other big national chain, I, I don't really like going there because I, their CEO said, you know, if you're a, if you're a concealed carry person, we just don't want your business. Okay, fine. I don't really want your business either. So that's great. We can just mutually not do business together. Uh, there's a great local coffee chain right here in my in our town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's got like four. I think four different locations right here in a local town. Mm-hmm. I've actually talked to the owner of the company and and we've had a discussion about what gun should I carry because <laughs> yeah, sure. the owner wanted to get a gun and didn't really know a whole lot about them and mm-hmm. but felt like hey, I want to get a gun and and be ready to protect myself if necessary and and they asked, "Hey, would you, you know, would you give me some advice and help me?" Absolutely. And and so that's the coffee shop that I like to go to. So, all right. Well, no, we've got, uh, we're going to maybe have to readdress the, uh, the, the, the gun one next week when we have more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, um, we're, we're not quite there. We, we just, we ran out of time and I've got other things to do today. My son's car he is learning an uh, an expensive lesson. Oh no! In uh, that saga continues. Yeah, he. Uh, so oh, so okay. So I got to bring this up to you, and might as well do it on the podcast, right? Sure, why not? So the, the 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 repair shop that we took it to. So okay, here's the story. He was he's seventeen. My son's seventeen, mm-hmm. trying to learn how to do cookies in the mall parking lot, right? right. Like we've all done in the wintertime in in this part of the country. <laughs> um, he he overcooks it a little bit, ends up hitting the curb, and crack the the aluminum wheel. And bend some of the suspension stuff on the left front. Um, we take it to the shop because I just didn't. Ha- I could have fixed it, mm-hmm. and I have in the past, but I just didn't have the time. And I thought he needs to get back on the road because we were actually borrowing a vehicle from you, right? To to for him to get around and back and forth to work. Um, so <laughs> the he, he take it to the repair shop because that was just the quickest way to get. I'm like, just take it to the repair shop. This is going to cost you some money. It'll be a good lesson for you to learn anyway, and it'll be the quickest way you'll be back on the road, right? Well, it took him almost all week. We brought it in, I think, on Tuesday morning or Monday morning. They didn't get to it until Friday. Mm-hmm. They didn't get it. And so they put in a new strut. They said the strut the strut was twisted. That's why it was bent and not a lack, mm-hmm. lack, right? So they finally get to it on Friday. They put the new strut in. It's still all crooked and bent and not a whack. And they said, we don't really know what else it is. It could be the lower control arm. It could be the steering knuckle, you know, but I said, just don't fix anything else. I'm going to take a look at it, see what I have to do. Cause it may not, this, my son got the car, his boss bought it for him. Mm-hmm. It's $300 pretty much out of a junkyard. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be worth putting a thousand dollars worth of suspension parts into. Right. It. Um, and so I said, just don't do anything else. 
I'll take a look at it mm-hmm. and we'll determine if it's worth fixing. fixing. Yeah. If not, he's just, my son's been saving up some money and he can just buy a new car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it to his shop where my son works. They've got a kind of an indoor shop and we got it inside. I take the wheel off and literally less than two minutes, I find the problem. Mm-hmm. Huge crack in the steering knuckle. So it's a, you know, it's a cast metal part, huge crack. Like mm-hmm. it's glaringly obvious you in, in order to put the strut in, you had to look exactly at the part that was broken. Mm-hmm. They missed it. The only thing that I can think of is they didn't even look. They just said, well, it might be the strut. We'll just replace that and not even bother. They didn't even, they flat out lied to me mm-hmm. and told me that they inspected it. That the strut was bent. Sure. Probably didn't need to replace the strut. This knuckle, steering knuckle, was probably the whole problem. Mm-hmm. So my son spends $150 on a new strut, 80 some dollars worth of labor to replace a part that didn't need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And they missed the issue. Not only did they miss the issue, they it, they missed a massive safety issue. And it had, had it broken the rest of the way, mm-hmm. my son ends up careening into oncoming traffic. Right. And either yeah. hurts oh, yeah. someone or sure. kills someone or himself. So I was a little ticked off about that. So I've got to go finish dealing with that today. Um, Good news is you're probably getting that strut for free. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to bother with that. I think I'm just going to go because I, I took a picture of it. Yeah. Because I, I look, I, I'm not, I, I'm not one of those let me speak to your manager kind of people. Oh, I'm I'm the let me speak to your Are manager. You? Well, it, when it's incompetence, right? Like if you See, tell me, if you tell me. Listen, we don't really have time to dig into it. And I, and I work with a lot of local businesses, and most of them are pretty straightforward with me. They'll say, listen, I don't have time to dig into it. This is what it could be, but we wouldn't know unless we did X, Y, and Z. Right. I'm fine with that. Take yep. your best guess. Let's go ahead. Exactly. Or I'll pay you to dig into it either way, but I want to know what we're doing. But when you tell me, yeah, we lo- you know, we looked at it and blah, 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 now I got a problem. Yeah, yep. So anyway, that's, that's the rest of my day today. So with that, um, the Schmidt Show wraps up. And we got our got to care. We got to careful. It can't be too loud because yeah, YouTube gets upset. yeah. YouTube gets upset. So we're out. We will see you next week uh, again. As always, there's all kinds of ways to find us: Twitter, Facebook, Freenode, Schmidtheads. Uh, pretty much the Schmidtshow.com is where you're listening to the live stream. Um, podcast at the Schmidtshow.com is where you download the podcast or subscribe. Um, Patreon, check us out there. Help us out. We'll uh, we want to do this more. We want to do this uh, four days a week at least. So, with that, we will see you next week. It's News Radio. No, it's not. I almost gave you my call sign to my <laughs> terrestrial show. It's the Schmidt Show podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>